I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today, driving up from Rehoboth, is the Executive Director of the Clear Space Theatre Company, Wesley Paulson. Welcome, Wesley. Hello, Paul. Good to see you again. Thanks for driving up to Wilmington. Uh, good to see you. And uh, fortunately, it's a nice day today uh, for a drive. Um, we're here to talk about Clear Space Theatre Company. It's uh, it's history, I think, this year, now in its 15th year, um, where Clear Space Theatre has come from, how it's evolved, and, and what's going on today, how Clear Space fits into the cultural landscape of Delaware today. So let, let's go back to the beginning. How did Clear Space get started, and what, what was its vision? Clear Space started in September 2004. Doug Yetter and Ken Kashesh had moved to the area from New York, and they felt there was a need for a local theater company to serve the coastal communities of Sussex County, Lewis, Rehoboth, and Dewey, and Bethany. And got together with a few people. Uh, I've heard the story. I wasn't present of the story of the first kitchen table meeting where some people were present. And they put the idea together and, and began as a bit of a traveling uh, ensemble without a home and did classes and there was a chorus for a while and the first show they put on was in 2005 was Oklahoma and then began to do productions. And and from there, uh, now you came in, you've been here for a while. Yes, I, I joined the company in 2013. Okay. So this is year number seven. So uh, so how have you, how has, uh, what do you know about Clear Space's uh, growth and evolution in the time before you came, and how have you seen it evolve over time since you came? ClearSpace traveled in that initial period. Uh, we're working on a project right now, and we refer to that as Act One. And Act One was this nomad company that eventually put roots down at the Cape Henlopen High School for a while and did a combination of productions and training for the high school students. And at one point then, it was time to move on from that arrangement. And the next transition was 2011 when the theater leased the former sanctuary of Epworth United Methodist Church on Baltimore Avenue right off the boardwalk. And that began, the company then had a permanent home, although it's leased, and began the, the model that we have of summer productions, of doing a summer repertory, and began to be the nucleus of the, of the company. And that was the the big transition there. And from that point, we've grown into 13 productions a year, including a spotlight performance twice a year for our high school, middle and high school students, arts education institute, and a great variety of shows uh, trying to meet the needs of a very diverse community in Rehoboth in terms of local local residents who have established their residency there, people who have moved in in retirement, the uh, the LGBT community, so we have to reach a diverse audience. It's been exciting. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the space you're in now, the old Upworth uh, UMC Church on Baltimore Avenue, was the space that the Rehoboth Summer Children's Theater used prior to that? Is that correct? The uh, remodeling of Epworth Church was done first as a commercial enterprise. Okay. And the Three Bakers Theater came down That's and tried right. to That's right. tried to make a go of it yes. using the fellowship hall for dinner, and then you mm -hmm. came upstairs for a show. The next phase was the Rehoboth Theater for the Arts, which booked mainly tribute bands. That was the landlord trying to keep it going. Mm -hmm. And then Clearspace moved in in 2011, and the Summer Children's Theater did use 
the space when I was there starting in 2013 for a number of summers and then moved out and they're up at the new Epworth the new Church Epworth. on Holland Glade Road. Right. I believe they also have done some things maybe at Milton Theater too. Okay. They've, they've, okay. they've, they have become a, more of a traveling company and are no longer in our theater primarily because we're so busy now right and let, let's uh, let's go down that road because I, I was on your website which for our listeners is clearspacetheater.org correct that's correct uh, I was on there uh, before before I came to the studio I just amazed at the the panel of uh, uh, shows that that you have uh, on your website. Talk about the the volume of shows that you produce in a given year. We have 13 productions. Uh, I think it wound up being close to 120 performances, 17,000 people. Uh, about half of that is in the summer. And we try, we have a model that we use through the season of uh, shows in different slots. So our we begin the, the calendar season in January is usually either a comedy or a mystery. Uh, this year, for some reason, it's neither. We did The Graduate. But you're looking for something to open the season. It's not a musical because of the way our calendar works. You'd have to start a musical rehearsal during the holidays, and that doesn't work so well. So this is usually a stage production with a smaller ensemble. We then do a Golden Age show in March. The Spotlight program does a short weekend show in April. Then in May, we try to do what we consider new work or contemporary, more contemporary show that was uh, – there was a um, a musical production of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels that we put in. There was a production of Little Women. They're kind of newer and not perhaps as familiar. Then in June, we've added a weekend slot where we've done something a little more edgy or more contemporary. Andrew Chris did a one-man show called Chesapeake. Elaine Faye's done the Vagina Monologues. This year, we're doing Night Mother. And when you take a play about a young woman who's talking to her mother about the young woman wanting to kill herself that's not something that's going to fill three weekends but yet artistically there's an audience that enjoys us doing that so you could put that in a weekend slot have an audience that follows it then the summer follows we try to do a broad appeal musical something contemporary something maybe a little edgy and then in the fall we've moved into a definitely a play in september things calm down a little bit we've done wit We've done How I Learned to Drive, something a little more edgy. Mm -hmm. uh, we did How I Learned to Drive, and I said to our artistic director, David Button, said, I think we found the edge with that one. And it was, But it was well-received. People said there's a message here. You know, we didn't pack them in like we would for a chorus line, you know, 60, 65 people, but it, it was well-received. Then we end up with a, a Christmas holiday-related musical. We're bringing back Christmas Story. It's a nice blend. And David Button, artistic director, works hard to get everything to fit. He was talking about wanting to do uh, in a year. He's really got his eye on um, Carousel, and that would fit the Golden Age slot. And then he was looking, there's a musical version of Tuck Everlasting. And he was thinking, well, that would be a good show for the Spotlight kids to do in April, but Carousel's a darker, you know, more serious mm -hmm, musical. Mm -hmm. And Tuck Everlasting isn't, you know, a happy-go-lucky show either. And he said, so suddenly you've got these two shows back-to-back. -back, and does that really work? So there's a whole puzzle of how things have to kind of flow. Mm -hmm. So you can't do, you know, a couple things like that together. We had talked about, I've always wanted to do Arsenic and Old Lace, but that's a three-act show. That would be good in January. 
but then what do you back it up with in March, you know, to kind of offset that. So right, I, right. I hope that that's helpful to our audience that right. to kind of understand this puzzle of how things work. Oh, sure. And, and I'm, I'm wondering, uh, another dynamic, uh, this is a question, uh, I, I'm wondering if there is a dynamic uh, around the fact that you are in a basically a resort community and how that may shape what you do when, uh, what actors you have available when. I mean, does being a, a beach resort town impact that at all? Yes. Our, our, our model is built around the summer repertory, which is three different shows, which are usually all musicals bigger musicals uh one summer we did a chorus line little mermaid and um legally blonde and so there's that discussion of the diverse audience and it's it's more popular stuff you would not you would not try to run uh we talked about avenue q we ran avenue q in may and we were a little hedgy because avenue q is a bit a bit on an edge it was Mm -hmm. great it was one of our most popular shows but the question was would that run in summer because we're very sensitive to the resort town that's when we really appeal to resort town and to support that because we've wanted to do larger shows we began this is our fourth year i think of going to new york there's an organization called straw hats that offers uh, a mass audition for mostly college juniors and seniors who are looking for work in the summer to augment their educational experience. So we started that and this is our fourth year and that's allowed us to bring in dancers and singers, uh, a more diverse group of actors. We want, we went to do rent and rent has a very diverse cast and, and it's a little difficult to cast that locally sometimes. So that allowed has allowed us to expand our reach and, and the, the type of shows we do and the audience has received it very well. The, the actors love the experience of being at the beach. Well, I, I want to pursue that a little further, but first let me remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is the executive director of the Clear Space Theater Company, Wesley Paulson. Uh, Wesley, now that you're reaching out, you're, you're going up to New York, you're, you're having auditions, uh, you're bringing actors in uh, that aren't local. Uh, one of those issues that theaters like yours have to do with is housing. Where where do these actors stay? And, and are the actors in the summer productions typically in the whole summer season? Or how, do, how does that work? The summer repertory works because of the gracious support of our donors and patrons who open their homes. So we follow a foreign exchange student model. So we have families that will open their home and host one, two, sometimes three actors, or they have an apartment adjacent on their property because we are in a resort town that can Mm -hmm. host multiple people. We had a board member who had a house in Bethany that he did not rent on the market and was actually had it for sale. So we had as many as five guys down there Mm -hmm. for a summer. So the families open their homes. So the actors have free residence for the summer. They, They are on stage in all three productions generally cast so that you may be either a lead or a featured in one show, but then are in an ensemble in another. So you don't care the burden, I guess burden is the right word, mm-hmm. of having to learn three lead parts and carry three sure. shows. Sure. So that's a nice blend. And the three shows run concurrently. Yes. Yeah. So our, our model is two nights a week. So mm-hmm. we would run uh, Hello Dolly, this summer it's going to be Hello Dolly two nights, Mamma Mia two nights, and Wedding Singer two nights. And the idea there 
is that if you're here for the beach for the week and you absolutely love theater, you can see three shows. Mm-hmm. Or there, as you see by the list, there's three different shows, so hopefully something appeals to you. Right. So they are in all three shows. So for the first month of June, they are rehearsing six days a week, 12 hours a day, three different shows. And uh, it's, it's amazing to watch how fast they pick things up. In addition to acting on stage, we can make the offer a little of a little more interest. Sometimes our actors are counselors or teachers in summer camp. Mm-hmm. Other times uh, they've worked in the box office and some go out and work on the economy and, and wait tables or work retail. And some don't do anything besides being at the theater because they want to be at the beach and enjoy the beach. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice mm-hmm. blend and we're able to kind of accommodate their interests all the way around. Now that you're pulling actors in from out, out of town, what what's the geographic range that they represent? They represent across the United States. We've had people from California, Oklahoma, Texas, mostly East Coast, as far up as Maine and as far south as Florida. So it's it's a pretty good pull. And, and this is our fourth year. And so they are going back to college and referring us. So we're getting referrals now from mm-hmm. Wagner and Pace, mostly in the New York area. But we've got right. people who are following their peers mm-hmm. to us. And I know that you have, we were talking off air before we started uh, the show, um, you've, you've seen some of those actors who came through Clear Space uh, go on to uh, national tours? Yes, and even on Broadway, Haley Fish has been in the ensemble in Hello, Dolly. She went on as one of the featured cats in Cats, and she's now in a roundabout theater production of Kiss Me Kate as a dancer and uh, ensemble performer. Wesley Cappiello is another name comes to mind, has made a, a bit of a career out of performing in the ensemble in different featured roles of a chorus line. He was in a touring company that went to Japan. He's done it in a small uh, revival in New York. Um, we've got a couple of actors are coming through Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you interviewed. Uh, I interviewed Connor McGiffin a few weeks ago. He's on the national tour of Finding Neverland. Yes, and mm-hmm. we've got uh, two actors coming through in Legally Blonde in a couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. uh, they're working. Uh, Emma, who uh, choreographed uh, Mary Poppins last summer, has so been on a cruise ship. So we've had a couple on cruise ships, and it's been exciting to watch their careers take off and. Um, a few have come back. Uh, we've had um, a couple of actors come back and do things. Andrew Kukaro has come back uh, and was in Fantastics. Uh, he came back for a summer. And sometimes they don't come back again because they want to have uh, the Straw Hat actors don't always return. They have a great experience with us, but they may want to go to a different venue to get a different type of experience. Yeah, exactly. So to build their resume. Yes. Yeah. With different theaters, different directors, and mm-hmm. the like. Now, um, given you do so many shows in a year, um, how how do you find the production staff, the the directors? Do you, do you, I know David Button directs some of the shows, but he doesn't direct all of them, I believe. David directs most of Does them. Does he? Okay. Um, and we're working now to mm-hmm. identify a, an ensemble of directors who can pick things okay. up. We've had uh, Shannon Parks, who's been in some shows, has directed. She directed Wit, so okay. she came back to direct, direct Wit. She's an equi- equity actress who was uh, most recently Mrs. Robinson in The Graduate. So mm-hmm. we have a few people who are directing, mostly David's work, and uh, that's that's where we are for now, but we look to also expand that pool of people as we grow. Okay. You mentioned equity, uh, actors' equity, the, the actors' union. Um, could you talk about how that has evolved for Clear Space over time? 
because uh, you didn't always ClearSpace didn't always use equity actors and i believe you have what guest contracts now? we have guest contracts we have equity uh, ClearSpace is a non-union house mm-hmm. but we do use equity actors where they bring some talent to the particular production and we have a few uh, equity actors resident in rehoboth who have been on stage elaine fay was in vagina monologues she'll be in night mother as an example mm. we've also had a few equity actors audition in for shows, um, so we do that from time to time. Well, and you and mentioned a, Andrew Chris, and I Andrew Chris, an equity yes, actor. Andrew yeah. Chris mm-hmm. has been in a few things with us. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Rosemary Lore, who's been on Broadway, was uh, in Wit, mm-hmm. and so we bring them in under special contract. And that that's another example of uh, sharing with our audience a, a different look at talent beyond mm-hmm. uh, the blend that we have of Straw Hatters, the local talents that we use. Uh, off and on during the season. Mm-hmm. Musical talent is pro- mostly provided. Melanie Bradley is our music director for most productions. Choreographers, we've got uh, three that we use, including Candace Jewell, who lives in Wilmington and travels down to do things. And they each have a different look. So depending on what David wants for a show, whether it's classic or a little more athletic uh, dance, you might use Shondell for that versus Candace. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the look you want for the show. Sure, sure. And you do all of this with a relatively small staff, correct? Yes, there are uh, there are five of us now. Uh, for a long time, it was uh, two, what I would call two and a half of staff. And now we have, as the company has grown and the audience has grown and our donor base has grown, which we're very appreciative, we've been able to staff up to where we need to be. And most recent position we added was a full-time director of development. And mm-hmm. Stephanie Whitcomb now occupies that position. And we made our box office manager full-time this year. So okay. we've got a full staff of five, a great team, just a great team to work with. Now, how would you characterize ClearSpace's role or position in the, the uh, cultural life of Sussex County today? We're part of a fairly well-balanced uh, ensemble, as the word came to my mind, of arts in Sussex County. We've got, we do live theater to beach. There are two great uh, community theater, more traditional community theater models at Possum Point and Second Street. Freeman Stage is doing summer shows of bands and uh, a little bit of classical we perform there. The Rehoboth Art League has the visual arts. The uh, Rehoboth Film Society with the addition of their cinema theater and a permanent home has done stuff in coastal concerts. Uh, does performances up in Lewis. So there is something for everybody, and it's wonderful to, to have that repertoire of things to choose from. It's it's. Uh, I've worked with Southern Delaware Tourism, and they have something called the uh, Culinary Coast about restaurants, and I've kept saying, well, we need a, we need a uh, <laughs> cultural coast now because there's a lot to do in Sussex County. Mm-hmm. It's not just about us. And in the few minutes we have left... Uh if you're willing, I'd, I'd love to have you share a little bit about the the growing pains that Clear Space Theater is uh, going through in a in a good way. Yes, uh, I'm happy to talk about what we are starting to call Act Three. I think earlier I mentioned the Act One phase was pre Baltimore Avenue, and we're in Act Two, and we're calling it Act Three. We've uh, outgrown our home. The building is used. I think we figured we've got maybe 15 or 20 days when there isn't something going on in the room that is our classroom. It's our theater and our rehearsal space and the scene shop when uh, somebody has to come in and build the sets. 
and we've we've just outgrown it. And as the uh, level of our productions has increased, we need to have a house that matches that. And so we've been fortunate to identify a piece of property on Rehoboth Avenue near the circle. We have an architect who's designed a wonderful building, and we're working with the city now on the zoning issues. Um, our neighbors in the city are concerned about parking. It's Rehoboth after all. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're able to keep it within the height limit. And so once we clear the zoning process, we will be able to begin rolling out more details about what it is we're trying to do. But uh, there's a picture out there floating around of a wonderful building with a night scene. And <laughs> it's exciting. We've uh, The architect is uh, Grim and Parker, who designed this performing arts center at Strathmore Hall in the Washington area. The... Uh, arts and cultural campus at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and the Hagerstown Theater, a 1920s vaudeville house out in Hagerstown, excuse me, the Maryland Theater, they designed a new front of house for them. So it's a very good team, and we're excited to move forward. A lot of work ahead. That sounds great. We have about a minute left, so I'm going to ask you, in your time with Clear Space, what have been some of your favorite productions and Uh. why? I know, I, I hate when I get that I, question. I have been most fond recently of Mary Poppins. We did Mary Poppins last year. And of course, I grew up with Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. So to see it live on stage was just a personal moment for me. I, moment I, And then what it symbolized in terms of the company, because it was a full cast, like 30 people, wonderful choreography. And then it ends with this song that anything can happen. And that just... I have embraced that as kind of my theme for this phase three of mm-hmm. it's anything can happen if you let it. And if you reach for the stars, all you get is the stars. But if you reach for the heavens, you get the stars thrown in. And that's that summarizes our journey. And that's probably my current favorite out of all of it. But it's all been good. And on that, we'll sign off. Wesley Paulson from Clear Space Theater Company. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul.